0: Welcome back
1: to Hire, everyone.
0: The podcast where we help you reach higher in your career and learn with and from experts in recruitment, entrepreneurship, marketing, and many more about what it takes to become a leader in your dream industry.
1: And in today's episode, we will learn all about how to side hustle like a pro. But first, hit that beat, Nikki Simmons. So, do you have a fancy plan for a business and are ready to take on the world?
0: To inspire followership and sell whatever it is you have to sell. Well,
1: tough luck, because nobody knows who you are. So sad. But fret not, the entry into the world of entrepreneurs is not something that happens overnight, for anybody.
0: It's about knowing what you are about.
1: And who will care about what you are about.
0: And simply taking the first step.
1: Well... It might be a couple of more steps. Shh,
0: the first one is the most important. If you insist. I do. Fine, Queen. (laughs) Thank you. Becoming an entrepreneur doesn't have to be all or nothing. Get rich or die trying venture.
1: Which is why we have Cecilia Townes-Tyree from Gladiators on the show today to tell us how to side hustle like a boss. Let's go get it. We've got Cecilia in the virtual building. Oh, (laughs)
0: Yeah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, Cecilia, for joining us today. And um, we, of course, know a little bit about you. Well, quite a lot, I know. But we want you to tell the audience all about yourself. So, a quick elevator pitch. In fact, it's not a short elevator though. It's all the way up okay. the top of the Empire State. So, okay, off you go. I have some time. All right.
2: <laughs> so, hello, everyone. My name is Cecilia Towns. On social media, I am the Sporty Esquire. I am a labor and employment attorney for Lyft Rideshare. Um, But in my spare time, I'm an entrepreneur. I founded Gladiators, um, an organization for women in sports back in 2012. And our mission is to empower, inspire, uh, connect and encourage women in the sports industry. We meet our goals by having um, events, workshops, a mentorship program, and it's really all designed just to elevate the space of women in sports. I'm committed to women. I'm committed to um, giving women a voice um, and and using their platform in the sports industry um, to reach their maximum potential.
1: We are so stoked to have you on the call because so hire is all about educating our audience about how they can also get the most out of their career true yeah. but we also want to share a little bit of you know diversity equity um, inclusion thinking we talk about sustainability quite a bit so you are the perfect candidate and today's episode is about the side hustle What you've just mentioned sounds like a full-time job so I'm quite yeah. interested to hear um, how you actually go about this now before we hop into the session as always um, everybody Cecilia we have asked Cecilia to retain and hold back sneakily her three most well-guarded top tips and secrets on how to actually side hustle like a pro so Cecilia don't give it all away okay right let's hop straight into it it. (laughs) you cannot otherwise i'll come for you so we're gonna (laughs) hop straight into the session of the side hustle but before we talk about gladiators in a little bit more detail we always like to debunk some myths at the beginning of an episode so we are often conditioned to think that you can either have a cushy nine-to-five job in corporate or an industry of your choice um, or risk it all bet it all on becoming an entrepreneur what is your Mm. perspective on that
2: yeah, I uh I definitely don't don't have that perspective. I think you can have the best of both worlds. It's not easy. Um, but you know, I, I think that it's not really that often that someone's nine to five um is constantly inspiring them and constantly fulfilling them. Um, and I think to be our best selves, we need that. We need to be inspired, we need to feel like you know, the work that we're doing is is fulfilling and, and helping others. And so, you know, if you are in the position where your nine to five isn't doing that, then I think the side hustle is a per- perfect opportunity um, to give something extra to the world and give yourself something extra that you could be missing in the nine to five. So I'm all for it.
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. And I mean, yeah. you do sp- speak about a little bit there the side hustle can almost take over as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So how do you yeah. balance that? How can you give some tip, a quick tip before giving yeah. all of them away, but to our listeners yeah. on how to balance, because obviously your passion could be your side hustle, but you've still got yeah. your job to do as well. Yeah. So how do you balance yeah. that?
2: Um, I mean, I first probably would say set your expectations on not getting the same amount of sleep as everybody else. Um, because you're just <laughs> gonna be putting in more hours, right? And if you can set your mind on that, um, I think that's best the first thing. And then prioritizing um and setting your set your schedule like according. You know, if if, if nine to five is really nine to five, then that means you have six to what eight a.m. to do the side hustle? So you know, figuring out um, where you can where you can work on the side hustle and, and and when you have to be connected to the nine to five is going to be like really key.
0: So tell everybody what time you got up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> It's four thirty a.m. Eastern time, um, but that's typically not my
2: my wake up. I usually do like five thirty, sometimes five. But I was just so excited to talk to y'all, and I was like, I can't oversleep, and so my body was like 430 Let's, let's wake up and make sure you're ready. Sorry about that. It's all good.
1: <laughs> I would love to be a morning person that just naturally wakes up at such an hour. So you've got this entire yeah. day to, you know, slay and make some magic happen, but tragically I'm yes. not. So yeah. <laughs> but, well, I
2: think, you know, I think that is probably, you're touching on a common myth that right. Entrepreneurs have to get up at this crazy hour mm. of the day. And I don't think that's true, right? The way Um, society and technology are now, you can work at times that benefit you. So if you're more of a night owl, you know, and you'd rather work till 1 a.m., then that's possible. You can still be successful that way, right?
1: Mm. no true especially as entrepreneurs you're completely in charge of your own schedule um for Mm -hmm. it's very interesting that we talk about this balance at the moment because just before we hit record um nikki was telling the story of how she actually has to walk to my apartment in order to do these recordings i mean uh, on on her walk taking meetings um for a nine-to-five and then on her way back taking nine-to-five don't um, tell
0: everybody
1: that this is probably they need to
2: know nikki they need to know (laughs)
1: <laughs> no, no, no. But I mean, we're recording these things over lunch, right? But still sort of like to get yeah. here and to exit from here. That's, um, that's still something that's, um, that's necessary to do. And we're doing it with bravour. But now mm. let's dive right into it. What is Gladiators? And what made you decide to start a side hustle to begin with? And also, what is um, the side hustle too? So your position at yeah. Lyft in a bit more detail?
2: Yeah, so um, I started Gladiators in 2012 as a blog. At that time, I think you know, ESPNW here in the States, it was kind of just getting started maybe like a year ago. So we, we didn't have a ton of platforms that were talking about women in sports. And as a former college athlete, I I played tennis. Like I I just felt like that was lacking, you know, our stories, um, are more in depth than the scores, you know, for a particular game. And I, I felt like we should be talking about women in sports. And so I started the blog. Um, and then maybe in after about three, four years, um, I started recognizing that I was meeting more people. I was getting more opportunities. I started writing for ESPNW and I noticed that more women wanted to connect with one another. So we start hosting events and I'm like, wait a minute. Well, these women, they want to learn too. So I had, I had had another venture called beyond the game. And that's where we were providing these workshops for student athletes. And That was kind of falling by the wayside because Gladiators was growing. And so I said, well, we could use our workshops that we developed for student athletes and repurpose them for women in sports. So then we started offering workshops and then we realized, oh, women are coming for us for mentorship. And so it was very organic in the way that it grew. But now I would say we're a company that is like full service career development for women in sports. Um, We recently launched our Gladiators Tribe, which is a subscription-based platform that will connect you with a mentor, that will give you like career development tools, um, allow you to network with other women in sports, allow you to be featured by us. Um, A lot of like really great access to information, Mm -hmm. to events and to people. So it's my baby. I'm proud of it. I, I didn't, you know, some entrepreneurs start their business to make money. I'm, I, that's not my story. I'm just now, like, charging, you know, for a subscription-based service, you know, and this is, what, seven, eight years in the game. Um, so I would definitely say my journey is a little different in that way. Um, but it, it, it's been great. Um, and, yeah, the legal practice at Lyft. I practice labor and employment law, which essentially means I'm pretty much spending a chunk of my time kind of defending Lyft against like lawsuits from employees. Um, I spend another chunk of my time making sure that we as Lyft are treating our employees fairly. Um, I work on our diversity and equity and inclusion programming. Um, I work with like We have offices international, and so sometimes I have to work on issues related to our employees in other countries. Um, So it's a really cool gig because I think um, it it relies on a lot of my skill set that I use as an entrepreneur, you know. So it's very, um, I don't have to, I didn't have to learn a whole new skill set to do Gladiators, and I don't have to have a new skill set to
0: be a lawyer. You've just had a perfect segue for me into my question <laughs> was about skill set. Yeah. And so interesting that you've got so much going on. And I think we can tap into the fact that you were an athlete before, I right? We'll probably speak about it later, but are they the key skill sets that you brought with you or what other skills that you might've brought? Like our listeners might be coming directly from university. Maybe they were yeah. the tennis player too that you were. And yeah. what can they bring their next career from that experience.
2: Yeah, I would say literally everything. I feel like the things that we learn as athletes, and obviously Nikki, you know about this, but time management, our ability to work with others, our ability to like strategize, you know, in in, in the blink of an eye, most athletes I know can be in the midst of a rough situation, you know, you're down, you're losing and you you can strategize. You can you can figure out what you need to do to change the game, to change the narrative. So that skill, which I think is something um it's it's difficult to teach, right? It's either you kind of either have this this ability to persevere and restrategize or you don't or at least you develop it, you know, over time as an athlete. Like that's something a lot of people as you are in the workforce, you realize people don't have. Um, so I think those are probably like the three, the top three, but just, you know, being resilient. I mean, every athlete, I don't care how great you are, you have experienced defeat. Um, but if you're a committed athlete, you don't stop performing, you know, your sport. And so that resiliency that we develop, <clears throat> I think it's absolutely Um, translates into the professional world outside of sports.
1: This is such a sensational insight. Oftentimes, young entrepreneurs um, can feel like, I have nothing to start with or even when people Mm -hmm. want to go for a job interview if they are after Mm -hmm. a 9 to 5 job what do I have if I'm just an early Mm -hmm. career starter really source from any of your prior experiences they might seem Mm -hmm. silly when you say okay I've I've managed the local community centre for youth huge winner transferable Mm -hmm. skill sets write them Mm -hmm. down and um, translate them into whatever job you do after that it's such a big selling point I want to pull us back a little bit into the embryo stage of gladiators you told us what it is once the chicken had already hatched where is it running where's it plucking but how did you formulate the idea for gladiators and then also gauge is whether this is something that people need there's so many different business models out there for specific goals specific money but your story is a little bit different
2: yeah yeah i would say well first there was trial and error because before gladiators i just had a sense that i wanted to be back in sports like, being a lawyer was cool, but I was looking for ways to get back in sport. And so I applied to work in, like, athletic departments, and I, like, nobody was going to hire me, apparently. They didn't think I was that great. Um, my friends and I came up with this idea to represent athletes not really knowing what it took to represent athletes because we actually didn't know the professional athletes that needed to be represented. So that was a flop. And then, <laughs> you know, I really started, I would say digging down deep and looking for a need. Um, and I think that's where it birthed out of. I felt that there was a need to talk about women in sports. And I, I would encourage anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur to always look for a need, either a need that's not being met for you or a need for other people, um, and I think you're you'll always, even if your goal isn't to make money initially, if you're trying to to serve a need or fill fill in the gap, like there's money to be made there, right? Like you just have to sort of build it out. Um, so that's where the sort of seed came from. Just uh, I. I felt like we weren't being heard as women in sports and I I wanted to change that. Um but I didn't even come to that until I failed at a, co- a couple other
0: ideas first. <laughs> but that's perfect as well because you know yeah. the big thing is just to start, you know. We mm-hmm. can fail but if we didn't try. That's the big Absolutely. thing. We spoke we spoke to other other guests about that as well. It's the trying of it. And you've tried mm-hmm. and tested a few things and finally came with the right one. And mm-hmm. you know, I think we also wanted to talk a little bit and dive a bit more into how you grew that. So you you started yeah. it well done. You know, you got to that phase which a lot of people fall at that first hurdle. What yeah. happens next? How did you grow?
2: I think it was very again, I let it happen organically. I kept seeing needs and I kept trying to fill them. Um, I didn't have the traditional business plan. Cause again, when I started the blog, I I wasn't trying to monetize it. So I, I wasn't like, oh, trying to get ads and, and trying to get, you know, paid features or anything like that. I was trying to fill a need. And so I, I just kept following the needs. And it was it was really like, okay. I see that women want to hear and learn about each other. Oh, they want to connect with each other. Oh, they need these tools to uh, learn how to grow in their career. Let's do this. And so I kept following the need. And um, I would say the cautionary tale is that you can't just follow the need, right? (laughs) You have to Mm -hmm. at some point start thinking about monetizing it because I did spend a lot of money. Just trying to help people like, oh, I I see this need. I'm going to try to fill it. And I was spending my own money. Um, And so I I would say, like, once you see the need, start thinking very strategically about how you're going to meet the need and you not have to come out of pocket. Um, And then you meet the need and start making a, a profit.
1: So this is wonderful. You just mentioned your your blog and sort of how things grew from there, right? So always Mm -hmm. have your eye on the response to whatever it is that you do, because it would help you crystallize the path through which you can meet this need the best, which will then obviously uh, open up monetization opportunities, which as full-time entrepreneurs or people that side hustle, eventually we have to do. Otherwise, we won't be able to support ourselves and keep generating that value for the community. So that's right. let's dive into a little bit more of the technical details. Behind this, I want okay. to know every minute little thing that you have done. So, for example, um, you've okay. written for Forbes in the past, yes. right? Which I think yeah. blog blogs have been around forever. They're still yes. very potent, very powerful. But eventually, having a big label pick you up like yes. Forbes is yes. social proof to the highest order. So, yeah, how did that work?
2: So, before you get to Forbes, you get to ESPN, and hmm. before you get to ESPN. I really like got intentional about promoting what I was doing with gladiators. So I just, I started telling more people about gladiators. And then at the time there was still the beyond the game and people started listening. And so I used my, my network and I told my college um, tennis coach about what I was doing. And it, it came to find out that ESPN was hosting a panel at my, my alma mater at Howard University. And so my coach essentially recommended me for this panel. And on the panel was Jamel Hill and then myself and two other women who had graduated from Howard. Well, in the audience was an editor for ESPNW. I got introduced to her. Well, actually, she introduced herself because she saw me on the panel. And then I pitched after I got the in, I was like, boom, I'm going to pitch myself to her. I pitched my idea, which was to write sports law. For ESPNW, and she loved it, and I started writing for them. And so I let that ride out. I, you know, grew gladiators, and then I realized, all right, if I want to go bigger, I need a bigger publication. I need a different publication. And um, I pitched. I found the editor of Sports Money for Forbes, and I pitched him. I, I, I took the time to see where I could fill in the gap again, looking for a need, and in my opinion. Forbes Sports Money needed to talk about women in sports on a more routine basis. And so that was literally the pitch to him. And I threw in sports law, too. But the pitch was really about um, about like talking about women in sports. And he loved it. And now I'm a contributor for Forbes. Um, and so I think the keys to that are to pitch yourself. Like, you want to grow something, you tell people about it. Um, and, and don't be afraid to, to um, you know, be the one advocating for yourself.
0: Yeah. And you also mentioned the network there. I think um, that's something that's really important and and network from before, right? You had finished university. It was your coach Mm -hmm. from university. So Mm -hmm. you kind of still had that network going. I had a similar story with someone I met through, you know, from my sporting career to get to where I am now. And Mm. it's so important to keep those networks going. Um, yes. We may we all have them, but to actually, you, I always say, massage them, or continue those conversations. Yeah. Is really important. Um, I think we we also wanted to speak about your next steps. We're going into events because you mentioned events. There, mm-hmm. you were part of yep. events. When yep. did it click that you wanted to host events and make them, you know, make women in sport uh, in center of all the conversations? And also, you speak about your tribe. When, when did yeah. that come about?
2: So um, the first event that we hosted was 28, 2017, I believe. Maybe, yeah, summer 2017. I literally just had a bright idea. I started like, realizing how many women in sports I knew. And I was like, well, these women need to meet each other. And so I hosted like a free mixer. And there were 15 women there and some men. And people were really hitting it off. And we ended up getting one of our, our first intern through that opportunity. I mean, through the mixer and um, to, for, I'm the type of person that once once one thing is successful, I'm like, OK, we have to do a bigger next time. And so <laughs> well, sure, yeah. the next year we hosted another mixer, but we paid we charged for it and it was only I think the ticket was twenty dollars. But we got sixty people compared to our fifteen for the wow. free one. Yes, I was like, okay, <laughs> I just quadrupled my numbers and made a little money. Like that's not too bad. Um, and at that at that event that I hosted, there was a woman um, from the Super Bowl host committee. Um, we were in Atlanta, and she loved the mixer. And she was like, "You need to talk. We we need to talk about what you can do possibly for the Super Bowl." And like that, kicked everything into high gear. We pitched the host committee um, and developed this whole day-long event for women in sports. And um, we had guest speakers. We had workshops. We had you know food. We had a mixer after. It was a hit. It was sponsored by the NFL. Sponsored by the Super Bowl host committee. That's incredible. Um, Yeah, it really it really (laughs) was. And again, though, it was like. I brought these women together and we initi- you know, we in- immediately formed a network and like got something really incredible done. Um, and so from the success of that one, we went to Miami um, year before last and had another really great one and have met some amazing women who are taking us to the next level. But the success of the two summits made me see that, okay, we need to constantly keep these women in contact with each other and constantly feed them, you know, the, the template, the, the content that they need, you know, to elevate their careers. Um, it, it needed to extend more than an annual event. And so that's where the idea of the tribe came from. Like, all right, you're spending a lot of money on this. You still want to help these women, but you have to figure out a way to give them the same stuff, but not go broke doing it.
0: And so <laughs> it's so, true. so, yeah. True. Yeah, so
2: um, we started the tribe and it was really perfect timing because of the pandemic, right? We couldn't host the summit this year, um, but instead of the summit, we were able to launch the tribe um, and we've already um, got, I think like 30 something women in there and we launched last month and every every week, like we're growing, and we're providing like amazing content for women. but um you know that too was like a a progression, I, I would say a pretty natural, natural progression so.
1: If anybody is listening to this and is not already keen to join the tribe, um, yeah. please have a look at the show notes below this episode. We're going to link um, uh, Cecilia and all of her social handles, so go check it out. Go join yeah. them. Um, it's really such a hoot. Which leads me to a sneak attack question, um, which we hadn't discussed previously. <laughs> okay. What about um, so? Because I'm sitting here with <laughs> with with you and with Nikki, and I'm so inspired by, it, but also I'm a man. So <laughs> my question is, you know, if I wanted to contribute, if I want to also learn more <laughs> about this universe um in the yeah. you know manner of he for she for instance what is your perspective on that can i join can i be a guest just for educational purposes
2: yes yeah, so i will i will say this from the inception gladiators has had the support of men um at every event that we've hosted men have been there and we welcome men to join in and and as far as the tribe i actually know a good friend of mine who hosts um a podcast called In the Zone, he sponsored a woman to be a part of the tribe, right? So um, we absolutely have men sponsoring women to attend our events, to attend their events themselves. And, you know, we we, we welcome you to join. Um, we... Do not accept mansplaining. So if you're going to join, um, join and listen, and really try to learn, and not try to tell us what to do. But um, yeah, we we wouldn't honestly. Gladiators wouldn't be where it is today. I wouldn't be where I am today without the support of men. Um, so we are absolutely about allyship with men, um, and would never turn away supporters or people who are just you know generally curious about what we have going on
0: I want to go back to the network because we're always talking about that at a podcast and the importance of it and we met in 2017 and through a great program um with EY and what an amazing (laughs) event that was I know um we can talk a little bit about that as well because we actually met we ended up having been going to an event in America and um in Austin was it Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, ah, yeah. Houston. No, Houston. Sorry, Houston, Houston Texas. Yeah. And sorry, completely, that's completely fine. forget. I
1: can't help myself. Beyonce. Uh,
0: yeah, that's true. Yeah. I should remember that. That's right. Um, and it was so incredible. There was we were also connected to this international women's forum. So mm-hmm. we had the sports aspect where we came together as a group of athletes, or former athletes. We didn't have to be, you know, the top of our game. But we were, mm-hmm. we were former athletes and we were able to share our experiences, our hardships and and really help each other develop. So I wanted to just go into a bit more about that, like the network and the power of it and and Mm -hmm. how important it is to to keep it going. Look, we're on a podcast now and we're helping each other to develop again, even after a few years.
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that's like so important that we reiterate that, you know, your network isn't built off of just someone you meet at an event and exchange emails once and then you're done. That's your network. No, you have to devote time and energy into maintaining, um, these relationships, um, at least some sort of, uh, connection points. Right. And, um, the internet makes that so much easier right now, um, I I think back, you know, 10, 15 years ago, it it wasn't as simple to to stay connected with people. But like you and I, Nikki, we basically met and stayed in contact through social media, right? And we would like follow each other's stories (laughs) and be comments and like, oh, girl, I see you. Um, But it's, you know, it's led us here. And who knows where it could lead from, um, you know, down the road. And so I think, you know, one thing is don't underestimate. Um, People, when you initially meet them, you don't know where they're going to go. So, you know, meet people and be genuine about forming relationships with them and getting to know them, even if it is just through social media. Um, And, you know, put the work in because you really don't know what it can turn into. I, I would say every every step that I've had in my life has been even even my first job as a lawyer has been through a network like my dad's ex-girlfriend at the time knew I was graduating from law school and it was during the um, the Great Recession in 2009 so it was hard to get a job and I got a job because she knew I was looking for a job and she knew someone like who could give me a job and so like I'm I'm very big on um, your network and maintaining connections with people and then Not being afraid to use those connections when you need them, right? Don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to tell someone, oh, I need help. You know, are you able to help me? Because people, once you put the work into maintaining the relationship, they absolutely want to help people. They want to help people they know.
1: last year I was part of a um, of a webinar with a professor from Thunderbird School of um, global management um, that is actually also in uh, in uh, where are they in Arizona dr okay. Suzanne Peterson and so she gave us this wonderful wonderful tip that if you want to network cre- um, creation is an active um um, activity and mm-hmm. but curating it and maintaining it is one as well and she starts time in her day every single day in the morning to reach out to three people that haven't heard from mm-hmm. her in a good long while just to say mm-hmm. either hello how do you do yeah. uh, would love to hop on the phone with you read something interesting that you put out recently or to just be helpful hey read this yeah. cool resource I know you're running this business right now definitely have a look here she does yeah. this religiously every single day and I think it's a wonderful habit to it
2: That is, that is like a great tip. Like I think I might use that tip. Um, I was um, telling someone the other day that I think, you know, the easiest way to start networking is to look for the connection points between you and someone and, and grow on those connection points. Um, Because I think some people, especially if you're talking about young adults who are just coming out of college, you know the idea of networking sounds like so business-like, and it sounds kind of scary because you're yeah. like, well, what am I gonna talk to them about? But you like, we are at the end of the day, we're all people. So um, you know, kind of talk to them about stuff that you do know about, that you do know that they're interested in, and sort of organically let it grow from there.
1: This is true for absolutely every activity that you pursue Mm -hmm. in your career, whether it is talking to Mm. a recruiter, a hiring manager, Mm. a new contact, a piece of network. Make it personable. Show that you care and that you've actually paid attention. You're not there randomly. You actually want to talk to them and uh, with them and about them. But let us move on to the juicy bit. And I've been waiting for this the entire time. Let's talk about (laughs) Zollers. So how do you think about monetizing your business and specifically what kind of strategies do you deploy? We've spoken to people that have like 10, eight, seven, five different business models going for them at the same time. Mm -hmm. How do you do it?
2: Um, So for me, I start with my quote unquote customer in mind. And then I also start with my bottom line in mind. And, you know, with Gladiators, my goal wasn't to become like um, a millionaire. But when I realized that that I needed to start monetizing it, I I knew that I had to make a certain amount of money so that I wasn't coming out of my pocket for it. And so that, that was where my baseline was, was like, all right, I need to bring in X amount of dollars each month. If I'm, you know, just going to get out by the you know, the hair on my chinny chin chin, like, <laughs> um, and, and I also knew that I, I identified my target audience, right? And I knew that while Gladiators reaches a range of people, my real target audience are these young women who are entry level and mid points in their careers. And I knew that I started looking at their disposable income and tried to come up with a price. Point that I thought that was would get us to our bottom line and eventually exceed our bottom line, but also not be a burden for them so um, that we weren't trying to make them break the bank. So that's where I started from. Um, and, and now we're in the process of having, like developing a, a, a legit business plan and a legit plan for scaling gladiators. Um, but I would say, you know, that's probably the reverse for a lot of entrepreneurs. A lot of entrepreneurs, you know, start with the business plan in mind. Um, but because we've grown pretty organically and 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 not with the idea that, hey, you're actually like a startup, um, we're doing it a little bit out of order for the traditional, in the traditional sense.
0: Yeah, I see that a little bit. But that's great. It's also nice mm-hmm. to see it growing organically and seeing how it goes. And this is... I guess, part of the side hustle, right? It's, it's, right? It shouldn't be, and you can't be your full-time job. So it's so nice to see it growing organically. Now, you don't have yeah. to answer this, but what is next for Gladiators? And, and can you tell us a few secrets?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, we're definitely, well, one. Uh, I wanted to say, um, oh gosh, you just said something just now and it just went away. I wanted to comment on it. Um, it'll come back talking, when you do the dishes. Yeah, it'll come <laughs> back. Yeah, yeah well, Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But what's next is we're going to continue to grow the tribe, um, and we've been in talks with um, a couple of similarly aligned organizations um, about sort of uniting forces and so that we could give more women access to the tribe um, and also like um, just grow our reach, right? Because I think. That, that for gladiators, we want to be strategic. You know, we are a four, five-woman team right now, so we can only do so much. And, and all of us, this is a side hustle, right? So nobody is dedicating their full days to gladiators. Um, so we have to be strategic. So that's what's next is growing the tribe and, and um, developing some um, strategic partnerships um, and then we are super excited to get back to live events. Um, you know, it's great to host an event via Zoom, uh, you know, a panel discussion. But where we really thrive is in person, women getting to be in each other's presence and talk to each other. Um, so we're really excited to bring that back in, you know, 2021, hopefully, um, if we Get our sugar honey iced tea together in America with the virus. Sugar Um, honey iced tea. I like that. (laughs)
0: Hey, Tom, there might be a job there for you. Seems to be all women. Maybe they need a man on the team.
1: Oh, I'm great at making sugar honey iced tea. So
0: good. (laughs) Well, it kind of brings me off. I have one more question about this part of things and growing the business and Mm
2: -hmm. asking
0: for money is a big thing oh yeah as Tom is also about to venture into his own um consulting agency maybe you can Mm -hmm. offer some tips on that and how again it goes back to network and building a relationship and not just asking for money for nothing right we do speak about that with our other guests too but how do you do it yeah I mean we are very we have a
2: great Person. Her name is Charlene Castellanos, who runs our marketing, and um, she has helped us develop these methods of pitching where we don't just ask everybody or ask people for the same thing in the same ways. We are very strategic about understanding, you know, say we're going to Coca-Cola. They were a previous sponsor. If we're going to Coke. We want money or we want product. We first, before opening our mouth, we see what their need is, who do they want to get in front of, and if it matches who we have, then, that, then we make the decision, okay, we're going to approach Coke because we think that Coca-Cola wants our audience, and then we you know, take the time to explain to them um, you know, how investing in us is an investment in their own business and an opportunity to grow some aspect of their business. Whether it be their philanthropy, we you know if they're donors, and we know that donating to us can grow that, or what we really try to target on is how it's going to grow their bottom line. Um, You know, we've pitched to companies like Visa, and you know, we know at the end of the day, these companies want to make money, (laughs) and so (laughs) it's it's not really like that we're selling our women out to get money. But no, we we are sharing this, this gem that we have, you know, we have a category of women who are professional and they are spending money. And if, if you show that you support them, you know, chances are they're going to spend money on your product. And that, so that's kind of like essentially our, um, our formula (laughs) for it, right. Is we identify a company, we see if there's brand alignment, And then we sell them on how investing in us is an investment in themselves.
1: So I'm taking notes quite feverishly here because as you <laughs> mentioned, I'm just about to catapult myself into this reality um yeah. as well. So I will definitely re-listen this episode because there was just so much gold coming out of you this entire time. My mind is completely blown, um Cecilia. You've given us so much to think about.
0: So much, well, so. so much, so much. Yeah. Tom is literally writing down everything. Um and as promised at the beginning, you're going to give us a few words of wisdom that obviously our listeners have been listening all the way to the end. But you you We want your top three tips that you can give to take for people to take away on their own journey.
2: Yes. So I know you asked for three, but I really have four and so I'll make it quick. That's all right. (laughs) We'll let you (laughs) in. Okay. 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 So the first tip to conquering a side hustle is I say, get your mind right. And by get your mind right, I mean, like get set in your mind that this is going to be difficult. That there's nothing easy about it, but it'll be worth it. But I also mean, get your vision right, like get a clear goal, um, a cl- your clear why in your mind. And um, if, because if you don't, when it gets hard, you get sidetracked and you want to quit. But if you can always have your mind focused on your why, you know, set on your vision, set on, you know, the people or the problem that you're trying to fix in those hard times, you can always come back to it. The other thing I would say is no mixing and matching. And this is the lawyer in me. Um, you cannot mix the resources from your nine to five into your, um, into your side hustle. I have legit seen people lose their jobs from trying to work the side hustle at the same time that they're working their <clears throat> the nine to five and doing it like on company resources. Like you can't be like printing out <laughs> your flyers for your side hustle <laughs> nope. on the 9 to 5's paper. Like just don't do it guys. I know I know it's very tempting but don't do it. Um, number 3 is be patient because it's it takes time. Like anything worth doing and anything that you decide you're going to do right, it takes time. Rome wasn't built in a day. So just be patient. And number 4, which is actually we talked about before, um, is the planning. You know, take take time to plan out your schedule. Um, Take time to set your goals. Take time to set priorities um, so that you're not just floundering, that you're not feeling like there's not enough hours in the day because there actually are. You can absolutely have a side hustle, um, have a full-time job, have a life (laughs) um, (laughs) where you're rested, um, but you have to plan and you have to be um, very efficient with your time. So that's it. Get your mind right. No mixing and matching. Be patient and plan your butt off.
1: Succinct and scintillating, which is the exact opposite (laughs) of the way that I ask questions. So um, retrospectively, I must apologize for my very lengthy and verbose style. But in the beginning of the episode, you did your elevator pitch. Now, another wonderful piece of being an entrepreneur is the call to action. So the next 30 seconds are your moment to make a call to action to our audience.
2: Yes, yes, yes. So if you are a woman in sports, If you know women in sports and you're looking to, like, elevate yourself, elevate your community, elevate your standing in your career, just be inspired by other women, then join Gladiators and join the Gladiators Tribe. Um, Follow us on social media. In addition to the paid subscription, we also still give really great free free tidbits and free information. So, um, check out our free stuff. And when you see how much, how much wisdom we're dropping in our free stuff, that's going to make you want to, want to join the squad. Um, we, we offer like, yes, yes. We have very amazing things. Like we have a perfect pitch, um, which is a PDF where I get down into the nitty gritty of how you really get the pitch. That's going to get you the dollars like that kind of stuff is free for our members. So um, yeah, follow us on social media. I'm Sporty Esquire. And then Gladiators is at Gladiators and G-L-A-D-I-A-T-H-E-R-S. Um, but link up. You you want to elevate yourself. Um, you want to elevate others around you, then Gladiators is the place to do it.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah. Tom will be signing yeah, up straight you. away.
1: Yes, I right, yes, go uh,
0: <laughs> Without saying thank you a million times, which you already have, but thank you so much for being yeah. on the show. It's a pleasure to talk again. I know we've been yeah. talking a lot on, on Instagram, for example, but yeah. we actually haven't spoken much. So it's right. so nice to talk. And I know we'll continue this afterwards. Now, we obviously have our own social media too, Tom. So yeah. we're going to promote that a little bit. We have our Go Hire podcast on Instagram. We're currently not so many followers, but we're going to get that going now after doing this so please go and follow there we also give out our little top tips from each podcast and there's also a link to where you can listen on your favorite podcast platform so without further ado we're going to sign off but we also have next week we have Rob Fajardo who is going to be talking about his leave normal behind it's amazing story he gives us and so many more insights that will add to what cecilia has just said as well so make sure you listen in and we will see you then and as always let's go get it